Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm so inspired by what property has given me and the life it has given me that I just go, oh my God, goodness, I have to share this with people. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we're speaking with incredibly successful property investor, mentor, author, wife and mum, Helen Collier-Cortez. Having already retired on a sizable property portfolio, learn about her investment strategies, her habits that condition her mindset and all the advice she has for new and seasoned investors. In her last episode, Collie Cortez revealed how she had neutralized her portfolio with both cash flow and natively geared properties. From that experience, we had six negatives, so we could go and buy six negative because of our position. Uh, not everyone can afford to do that. But what I learned from it way back then is by buying the six positive balanced up our portfolio and put us in a neutral position. Until such time as you know the income and the rents all increased, so it became positive cash flow. But what's what's important for the listeners is that strategy doesn't work for everyone. So it's not about just capital growth and just cash flow. It's got to be a combination of both. But what I find with some of my students, some of them might only be able to afford two negatively geared, but they might need four cash flow. Or they might have one negatively geared to three cash flow. This is where it's strategic. This is where it is tailored. The strategy is tailored to you, your budget, your lifestyle, your goals, your retirement plan. So it's not a one size fits all. It's tailored to the individual. And that's where I really put a lot of energy into working with people so that the structure is tailored to them. So, you know, it doesn't matter what the market is doing. You don't need to be filled with fear as long as you're sticking to the strategy and the plan and you're buying good quality property, whether that's capital growth or cash flow, they've still got to meet a set criteria. You can't just go and buy any cash flow or any capital growth negatively geared property. It's got to be strategic. And that's why I say this whole process that I teach is disciplined. And if you follow and uh, and remain disciplined, you'll lower your risk. So there's no such thing as risk-free. There's risk in everything in life, even crossing the road. But if you can minimize your risk to low, well, that's where the magic happens and that's where people start to learn, hey, I can do this, and they start to feel empowered that, hey, I can take control back and I can manage my money and I can grow my own wealth and I can build a portfolio with the right guidance, with the right system and with the right discipline. While the method sounds simple, it isn't necessarily that easy. 
think about it this way. If it didn't require any effort, everyone could sit on the couch and do it, couldn't they? <laughs> yes. But you know, you've got to get off the couch to, if you want anything in life. And that's certainly what I've learned from my upbringing and my family, that you've got to roll up your sleeves from time to time if you want to achieve things. You, you can't just sit on your couch watching TV expecting millions of dollars to fall in your lap. You've kind of got to work at it. So uh, I like working with people that are motivated and have the right mindset to be able to take the action to therefore get empowered, have the confidence and take control of their own lives. Collier Cortez has some important criteria to examine before you try to follow these investment paths. There's 13 keys, but some of the major ones are that I always get people to start off with are things like your budget. You know, and I don't mean a bury your head in the sand budget. I mean a realistic budget where you truly take stock of your situation and you get honest with yourself. When you're not honest with yourself, you'll never get control. So some of the key things around budgeting that you need to look at where people tend to overspend is food. So not only food that you buy in the house, but when you dine out, whether it's takeaways, whether it's fine dining, um, a lot of money is wasted there. And in fact, just this, just last year, I did a survey myself where I purchased some um, standard staple groceries from the three major supermarkets, so Coles, Woolworths and Aldi, and Aldi came out ahead by $80. So what I often say to people, you know what? I mean, one of the favorite things I love eating is almonds. I can buy my almonds from Aldi for um, $12 or I can buy them from Coles for 17 Sometimes I wait for them to go on special. But the point is, they're still almonds. You know, or, you, or, or if you like buying, you know, bronze underwear. You can buy bronze underwear from uh, Big W for $5 or you can buy them for $12 from David Jones. They're still bronze underwear. So it's about being smarter with your money rather than just throwing it away. It doesn't mean that because you shop at Aldi you're a cheapskate or anything like that. I look at people in Aldi and I go, you know what, you're being really smart with your money and I kind of admire them for, you know, making the dollar go further and not just wasting it. So budgeting is a key thing, you know. Um, Another area with budgeting is uh, gifts. People overspend on gifts, especially for kids. Mm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I kind of set some rules in my family where I say, you know what, Christmas is about children, so only the kids get gifts. I don't need to buy my mom and my brother and my cousin and my auntie and my everyone else. Let's just enjoy lunch together or a meal together and splurge on the meal rather than worrying about gifts for all the adults. So that's one of the ways I got around it for them. Uh, and for everyone, so that we're not having to blow all this money at Christmas time um, on gifts that, you know, some don't like, some don't need, some don't want, you know, and, and it's that it causes arguments in the family. So it's like, let's cut all that out. Let's just focus on the food. You know? <laughs> so um, so that's another way you can sort of save save a bit of money where you limit the gifts. Like we just do, uh, we make a big deal out of your birthday. So birthdays are a big gift. Christmas, there's no other gift. You know, Easter, again, a little bit of chocolate for the kids is okay. But it just helps everyone to manage their money better. Um so, so, you know, they, they're just a couple of things around budgeting. The next key to examine before investing is your credit file. 
there are changes that are going on with credit reporting now, especially with the uh, Banking Royal Commission. People need to pay their bills on time. So often when, a, when, when someone says to me, Helen, you know, I'd like you to help me, I go, great, let's get a copy of your credit file. Let's make sure that there are no errors on it, that it's clean and that there are no issues. Because ultimately what banks will look at with your credit file is, is it clean? Are you a good money manager and are you a low risk? And that you want to make sure that the bank ticks every box. So, you know, we look at credit file. Um, a couple of other key things are things like your age. Your age actually dictates to some degree your buying strategy, whether you're going to go for capital growth or whether you're going to go for cash flow or whether you need neutral, your employment also impacts. So we look at, you know, are you in a high risk uh, profession or employment? You know, are you going to lose your job? Are you going to be made redundant? And if you if you were, how quickly could you get another job? Is there a likelihood of you uh, having long periods of unemployment? All of those sorts of things. That also dictates what type of property you buy. So like I said, there's 13 of them, but it's important that we look at each individual one, dig a little deeper just to minimize the risk. And then when you pull that all together, um, I have a little document that I get people to work through to when we formulate the strategy, it becomes really simple and and clear, ah, okay, and this is where it's tailored. Based on the answers to all those questions, this is now going to be my strategy as opposed to, as I said, one size fits all. Collie Cortez discusses a common mistake she sees being made in the marketplace. And a common problem, one of the biggest mistakes that people often make is they go and buy these off-the-plan deals where um, they haven't done enough research, they've been sold a dream, a lifestyle, a view. And, um, you know, and quite often what's heartbreaking is people or baby boomers that are close to retirement that are buying these off-the-plan deals that are going to settle in two years, three years, um, they might pay a deposit, but quite often with these high-rise buildings, when it comes to settlement, the valuers don't value them up according to contract price. The, the valuations come in lower. So these baby boomers are forced to now come up with more money for a deposit, a bigger deposit, or they can't settle at all and they lose their money. And I hear stories like that regularly and it just breaks my heart. It really does. So this is where having that strategy in place stops you from going and looking at those sorts of properties because, again, we're mentoring people, kind of making sure that they're sticking to the plan and the criteria so they're not distracted by these sales pitches of, hey, here's a great development over here. It's waterfront. Let me show it to you. And you could have one and it'll only cost you $3 a week, you know, kind of story that they spin. So it's really important that these, you know, that uh, investors, uh, when they're looking at these off-the-plan deals, that they're not suckered in by the developers or the promoters trying to uh, sell the dream. Yeah, definitely. And especially at that um, point in their life, they shouldn't be taking that kind of risk, I guess. It's, um, but yeah, they don't know. That's, that's they the don't thing. know. That's, that's the heartbreaking thing. Having spent decades building a portfolio, Collie Cortez is in an interesting financial position, no longer needing the bank. Well, for me, like I've got, at some point, when you go from the accumulation phase to what we call the pension phase, not that I've retired, <laughs> but when, you go to, when you're in accumulation, you're just buying, 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 buying. And then at some point, you hold on to it long enough 
so for me, I've been investing for nearly 20 years now, that at some point you sell off some to just clear the debt or pay it right down. That way you really enjoy the cash flow. Um, do I want to continue to grow my portfolio? Absolutely. Do I need another 30, 40 properties? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm very comfortable with, um, with the properties I have. But yes, I, I still want to continue to buy property, but they'll be very strategic properties now. And because of um, what I've created over the years, um, it's more likely that I'll be my own banker where I just use equity to purchase outright and, you know, you play banker to myself as opposed to having to go and get another loan. However, she still has loans on other properties and gives a word of advice to anyone whose loan structure might have changed recently. I'm a big fan of negotiating with lenders. So I often say to my students that are on interest-only loans, a lot of them are coming off and now going to P&I. And, and uh, just recently that happened to me. It was uh, went to, The interest rate went to 539 uh, or something ridiculous like that. Now, with all the properties that I have, when they go from interest only to P&I, mm, that really hurts cash flow. <laughs> so, so I often say, I've shared this story with my students, but I go, guys, it's worth spending the afternoon on the phone, sitting on uh, on, the, on the call with the banks, uh, one at a time, escalating a call further up the tree to the decision maker whom you can renegotiate your interest rates with. And, and I've done that and I've been reducing my interest rates to like 3.75, 3.8 from the 5.39 that I had. So, you know, it's even if it's 3.95, anything below 4% is a winner. So I kind of say, you know, don't be afraid to ring the bank and say, hey, if you still want my business, you need to come to the party with the interest rate because 5.39 or whatever it is is too high. You know, you need to give me a better deal. I've been with you for a while now. You know, I've paid you lots of interest. Unless you want me to go elsewhere, could you please, you know, look at, you know, lowering the rate. Now, the thing is, even with the Banking Royal Commission, there's a perception out there that people people are believing that the banks aren't lending money, that money's so tight and you can't get money and blah, blah, blah. And look, it's true. There are more hurdles to jump. But let me tell you, the banks are in the business of lending money. That's how they make their money. But the thing is now, they want to lend money to people who are good money managers, lower risk and can afford the mortgage. So if you tick those boxes, it's, it is not that hard to borrow money. Um, you can get it. It is doable. So it's important to, um, you know, banks, because they want your business, and if you've been a good customer, um, it increases the chances of them renegotiating your interest rate. So my point to everybody listening is don't be afraid to pick up the phone, invest a bit of time calling the bank and renegotiating on your interest rates, whether it's for an investment or owner-occupier, it doesn't matter. Uh, try and aim for anything below 4%. Coming up after the break, learn more about why Collier Cortez has followed down the investment and education path. I'm so inspired by what property has given me and the life it has given me that I just go, oh my God, goodness, I have to share this with people. How she relied on mentors to grow her business. He said, Helen, you know, if you're going to get in this business of educating people, you really need to write a book. I'm like, oh, how do I do that? Plus, advice she'd give to new buyers and investors. You know, we're coming into what I'm considering some of the best buying times ever. All this and much more after the break. 
I'm Tan Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Delving more into her mindset, Colly Cortez explains why she's in the business of investment and education. Because of the, the life I've lived, and the life I've had, the upbringing and what have you, I'm so inspired by what property has given me and the life it has given me that I just go, oh my God, goodness, I have to share this with people. People have to learn about it. It's not taught at school. People should not have to live with a philosophy of borrowing from St. Peter to pay St. Paul and then borrowing from St. Paul to pay back St. Peter. Uh, People need to be taught money management skills and they need to understand that they too can have this life. If you do put in some effort, you do put in a bit of work and a little bit of time, but hey, I retired in seven and a half years, so it's doable. You know, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And, and And that's my why. I just want people to believe that they deserve more than what they've got. They do not have to work until 67 years of age uh, and it could be changed to 70 at some point in the near future. I have no doubt about that. And, you know, to work all the way through paying taxes and then ending up with a pittance at the other end, struggling to just live in, in what should be, you know, the prime of your life where you've got no responsibilities, you, you know, you just want to enjoy yourself. And I see so many people that can't afford the electricity bill um, and they're sitting there with blankets around them in winter or they're sweating in the heat because they can't afford the air conditioner. That shouldn't be happening. I just want to inspire people to understand that if you take action and do something while you're younger, while you're healthy and while you're in your working years, that you know, even if it took you 10 years, um, but if you knew at the end of 10 years you could retire and you're still in your 40s or your 50s, you know, wouldn't that be a great thing? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it make it a better world if less people are reliant on government? I just that's kind of just what inspires me and and, and has me go. No, I've I've got to do this, and I've committed, you know, nearly thirteen years of my life now towards you know developing programs, education, and mentoring people um, to inspire them to hopefully want more for themselves and for their own life. Holly Cortez mentors and educates people on investing and agrees that she achieved what she did through being mentored herself. I've had mentors that helped me with property. So in the early days, all about learning about property. Uh, I've had mentors in business that have helped me, you know, build a business. Because remember, coming from that corporate world in, in an admin role, I and even though I had done a business degree, I didn't really have any experience in running a business. So I had business coaches and mentors. But then I've also had mindset coaches and mentors as well. Um, and I, you know, continue to do that. That, you know, that hasn't stopped. So... But I have to share, you know, a couple of things is the mentor, you have to resonate with them. If you don't like the person um, or if you feel that they're not right for you or, you know, don't go with them. They've got to, you've got to be really comfortable with a mentor because especially if you're sharing your financials or you're sharing, um, you know, your dreams and your hopes, um, even even your fears. You know, if you're looking for a mindset coach, you know, you're going to share some of your, your, your fears. You want to be really comfortable with that person. So uh, I've been a bit selective from that perspective. She reflects on one of the most important mentors in her life, and what came out of his mentorship? I have to say, 
my most favourite coach, he, he now lives in the US, um, he was the one that helped me initially in the business and, and um, one of the first things he said to me, he said, Helen, you know, if you're going to get in this business of educating people, you really need to write a book. I'm like, oh, how do I do that? You know, I actually didn't feel like I was clever enough to be able to write a book. And um, and I kind of panicked at that. So he kind of was clever enough to dismiss it. He goes, oh, look, well, we'll worry about that later. He goes, but, you know, you're going to need a website as well, you know, and uh, you need to find someone to write a website, uh, to create a website for you. You're going to need to put some content on it, write some articles and blah, blah, blah. And then he said to me, oh, the other thing you're going to need is a giveaway. You know, what do you mean, John? You know, giveaway. He goes, you know, like a free report or something. Oh, okay, okay. And he goes, you know, what, what's something that's really topical or really irks you or really kind of gets you going? I went, oh, some of the mistakes people are making. He goes, okay, how many, you know, to rattle off five. What are five mistakes that people always make? And I just went, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so he goes, all right, write those down. So I wrote down the five mistakes. He goes, great, Helen. He goes, what I'd like you to do is just write me a report now, maybe one page per mistake. Um, but at the end of each mistake, tell me how to solve it. Oh, okay, great. So off I went. I wrote this report. Um came back and uh, you know, it was about, I don't know, eight or nine pages or something by the time I did an intro and a conclusion and a cover and everything. He goes, this is really great, Helen. Yep, this will be a great um, re- uh, report to put on your website for people to opt in. Then then he said, you know what? Because he'd read it. He goes, this is so good. You should turn it into a, um, a full report. <laughs> and I went, oh, well, how many mistakes do I need for that? He goes, oh, at least 20. I went, oh, I don't know if I can do 20. <laughs> so, so again, pen and paper, I'm rattling off all the mistakes. I just, you know, headline after headline, like mistake after mistake. He goes, yeah, great. Write another page per mistake and then write me a, a suggestion, tips, advice around how to solve it. Okay, so off I did, took me a little longer, I did that. Gave him the, the 20 mistakes. He read it, he came back, he goes, all right, Helen, this is so good now. You have to write the book. Yeah. And I just went, oh. Sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew so, he was saying that. <laughs> leading, 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 leading. <laughs> so that's how um, on my first bestseller was 47 Biggest Mistakes Made by Property Investors. And then I did a revised edition a few years later and made it 59 Biggest Mistakes, um, uh, which is still a bestseller. So, yeah, so he was, he was fantastic. And now um, I don't have a fear around writing another book. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, I'll just follow the same sort of principle, just start off with a little bit and then expand it and expand it and expand it until I've got a book. So, Collier Cortez explains her future plans to continue writing books. Well, I've written a second book since, which is how to start creating real wealth through real estate. And that was a kind of a beginner's guide. Um, but I am looking in February to do a revised edition of the 59 Biggest Mistakes because uh, I need to update that one now with all that's going on with finance industry. So I'm going to update that one, but I'm also looking at writing a brand new one. Um, the new book that I'm looking at writing is uh, around the topic of how many properties do you really need to retire on? And the answer actually might surprise you. So I want to write a, 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 a process for um, you know people buying property, but how to how to work it out that you know how many do you actually need to retire on? And 
quite often, depending on people's scenarios, it's somewhere between three and six properties. And I just want to describe how and what and when and where and all of those sorts of things so that people have a, a good idea around, well, actually, if I only need three properties to retire on, that's not that hard. It's not that scary. And with a bit of guidance and mentoring, it's very achievable. So again, focusing on topics and material that people can easily digest and easily apply for themselves. She shares some of her personal habits that keep her on track. Well, I'm a very much a I'm not I'm not a person to just sit down and do nothing. I'm very solution orientated. Um, so my habits are when I've got an issue, I just kind of fix it and move on. Um, I like you know my daily ritual is keeping to do lists where I can tick boxes. Um, that kind of keeps me on track. Um, I listen to mindset audios every morning in my car to keep me inspired. Um, you know, when I'm in a, a space of upset, um, I find that, um, you know, like everybody else, you know, you can get angry and upset and frustrated and, and I try, I don't enjoy being in that space for too long. So um, listening to mindset every morning to just set my day with a great intention of, hey, today's going to be fun. Um, I'm going to learn something new and I'm going to make a difference to, a, you know, a bunch of people. I kind of enjoy setting my day up in the morning um, with a mindset uh, audio in the car. So, um, you know, that's, I'm not very complicated around habits and things that I do, but um, I guess I'm just vigilant and I like to take my goals, break them down into smaller steps and just keep taking action. So even though I go, oh, I've got this big whopping goal, I'll never get to it, I'll never achieve it. I don't have that mindset. I'll go, yes, I'm going to achieve that goal. Um, in the future and sometimes soon. And the way I'm going to achieve that goal is to keep taking small steps today. So if every day I take a small step towards that goal, it was a bit like my retirement. I couldn't believe it seven and a half years later that I retired. I, I had to kind of take, pinch myself going, wow, it's here. It's happened already. You know, <laughs> where I, it just happened. And I kind of was looking around going, where, what, how, how did that happen so quick? Um, you know, but when you're in it, it's just staying focused on the bigger picture, but but also working on the small steps. And so um, that's kind of pretty much what I do every day, whether whether it's uh, in my investing career, whether that's working with uh, with my students and writing programs, or whether I'm at home and I, I've got a to-do list with the housework, the cooking, you know, playtime with my daughter. I, I still kind of keep my day structured. I still kind of... Uh, you know, take action yes. to get things done. If Collier Cortez met herself 10 years ago, she would like to tell her this. I would have told her to um, to stop worrying. <laughs> I would have told her it's going to be all right. You're going to have a great life. Stop worrying and just get on with it. Having come so far in such a short amount of time, Colly Cortez doesn't think she relies on luck in her journey. Oh, I'd say 1% luck, 99% everything else. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I create my own luck. I feel like um, I attract the right energy, the right people, the right situations. I have a very abundant mindset. So I don't wallow in woe me, victim me. I don't play that game. If I do, I, I work at snapping out of it as quickly as possible. In fact, I give myself 16 seconds. So I've got to snap out of it real quick. That's fast. <laughs> and and that way, in that way, I find that um, 
you know, without sounding, you know, too fluffy, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. I observe it. I feel like I can manifest. And and when I'm in that space, I, I, I watch magic happen every day. I don't see it. I don't see how it has anything to do with luck. It's the fact that I work at it, um, I stay vigilant and focused, and, and, and as a result, I get the results. She gives some important advice to anyone interested in buying or investing. You know, we're coming into what I'm considering some of the best buying times ever. Yes. Ever. Interest rates are so low, migration's still high, even though the market has cooled off and, you know, the hurdles, we've got to jump a couple of extra hurdles to get finance. If you're smart now, seriously, and, and coming and, and coming into this year is just incredible for buying opportunities and building a portfolio sooner rather than later. So for people that need just three properties, you buy them all quickly, um, get the, you know get them at discounted prices while interest rates are low, all of that. So you're minimising your risk around negative equity. Um, you can fix so that you protect for the future. You can fix your interest rates for the future. There's lots of things you can do. And, and so I strongly believe that we're coming into the best time. And I guess I want to encourage people that whether you choose me or whether you choose another mentor, it doesn't matter. As long as you choose someone or as long as you do something to get yourself out there and get yourself into the market to build your wealth for the future. And, and now's the time to really maximize it. So it's being steadfast with all the negative media, being strategic around what it is you buy and how you buy it, and and then enjoying the fruits of your labour down the track. If you're interested in reaching out, here's the best way to contact her. They can contact me via the website, so which is realwealthaustralia.com.au, or they can call me in the office on 03 9432 1699. Alternatively, they could email me direct at uh, Helen. Uh, at realwealthaustralia.com.au I'd like to say a huge thank you to Helen Colley-Cortez for joining us on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com.